Welcome to the Weekly Man Hug. This week, my brothers and I discuss Disney+, Plus, Disney Star Wars, what makes a good story, and how Christians can impact the culture. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, here we are again. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, Glad you're here. Uh, This week, my brothers and I, we had planned to have a short discussion about uh, Disney Plus uh, streaming, binge watching, uh, good storytelling, and uh, what our Christian impact on the culture should be. But we fell into a deep hole on this episode. We, <laughs> the three of us, are uh, all very big uh, Star Wars nerds. So what ended up happening on this podcast is for about the first 45 minutes, we ranted about the state of Star Wars. So if that's not your thing, (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, If it is your thing, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Just so you're aware, we do discuss some spoilers for the upcoming film, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, starting at about the 19-minute mark and going to the 26-and-a-half-minute mark. Um, Some... Potential spoilers for the ending of that film have been leaked, and we discussed them in this episode. So be aware of that if you don't want any spoilers. But then toward the end of the episode, uh, at around uh, 57 minutes, we we got into the discussion around uh, the culture and how Christians can impact the culture and, and how involved should we even be in the music and the movie business. So I hope you find that enjoyable. Um, As always, you can find more material, more great content on the website, www.thepettyprofit.com. Without further ado, here's my discussion with my brothers about Disney, Star Wars, and storytelling. Okay. All right, welcome. Welcome back to another week of the Barry Brothers and the Weekly Man Hug with Aaron and Sam. Say hi, Aaron. Hey. Say hi, Sam. Hello. How are you guys doing? <laughs> what was that? We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Is that now your signature hello? Is that yes. how you're going to say hello? Now? <laughs> hello. Yeah. Okay. That's your signature. That's, uh, that's just you have to say that hello that tr- way every time now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm working on a rebranding of my personal brand. And <laughs> of so, yourself. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I've been yourself. practicing in front of the mirror for hours on how I need to be saying hello when I come on to all of my guest appearances and podcast episodes oh. and you know keynote. Well, I think I think it needs to work. <laughs> I think I think it's back to the drawing board on that one. Yeah. Darn it. Let's try again. Do you want to just redo the intro and see if we can get Sam to do it a little bit better this time? No, no, our, this, our time for, is now. for the next episode I'll send you a, a sound bait of all my best hellos and you can rate Okay. Them. Okay. And we'll pick it. That's we'll have cool. we'll vote on it. We'll put yeah. I'll put it on Twitter. <laughs> Wonderful. Do a Twitter do poll. A poll. <laughs> Let's do it. Already already off to a great start Dead here. Done. Um, yeah, we really are. Yeah, so this week, this week uh, with um, with Disney Plus releasing uh, with their streaming service, a brand new way to uh, stream 
smut and garbage into your home uh, by the gallon. Um, I wanted to. Okay, boomer. I wanted to talk. <laughs> I wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, Disney, Disney Plus, streaming, um, entertainment in general, uh, binge watching, why everything is terrible, and uh, why I'm so grumpy about it. This is a, this is a therapy session for me. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, basically, Disney Plus let Netflix have their fun and do their thing for a while. And the whole time they were just sitting there rubbing their hands, and then boom, and making remakes of our childhood. Yeah, buying, and, then and they buying everything, buying everything, and buying, buying everything. Marvel, and buying. Uh, they bought Marvel. They bought Star Wars. What else did they? They bought a bunch of other studios too. Like, it's crazy. They're the Google uh, of everything. the entertainment world. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, but they're uh, there's the, it'll be interesting to see how Netflix kind of fights back against this, you know, try to Streaming reclaim wars. some of their audience. Streaming well, they wars yeah, 2020. their their ace in the sleeve is uh, the Obamas. They have the Obamas, so they're gonna <laughs> or Netflix. How can they fail? <laughs> With they're too big to fail. How <laughs> I can only imagine the lineup of of uh, exciting programming the Obamas have. For they're us. they're not so. popular anymore. They don't. We, Obama. This country is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I listen to. Uh, you know, we've gone full crazier than like Obama's moderate. Now. Obama was too conservative. Yeah, he's moderate. He's, <laughs> well, I I listened to a. Uh, I was listening to Conan O'Brien needs a friend the other day, which is is kind of a small niche podcast that no one really listens to. <laughs> um, and uh, they were interviewing Michelle Obama, and. I I couldn't believe. I mean, this is years later, at you know after the Ad- Obama administration. Conan and his two sidekicks on the show are just like fawning. I mean, practically worshiping this this woman. It was um, it was just kind of a, a little reminder of what what those eight years were like. The entire culture, entertainment, <laughs> news media, the way they the way they viewed the Obamas. Um. You know, anyway, mm. I, I'm just, mm. I'm going into boomer mode again. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> stre- streaming is the thing now. Do you think this is the future of all entertainment? Are we going to lose movie theaters? Are we going to lose network television? Is it all going to turn into streaming? Or do you absolutely. think there's going to be like a... Yeah, absolutely. You don't there's think there's going to be a backlash? I... I think network television is on its way out. I think movies, even not just movie theaters, but movies themselves, I think, are on their way out. I don't yeah. think that there's there's much there's no real practical reason to have a two hour movie that you go see anymore mm. to to see a good story. Because I mean, it used to be that 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 was the limitation of the medium and the infrastructure built around it. Um, you know, you couldn't go to a theater and sit for. 52 hours and binge something you know um i guess the 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 next closest thing they had were serials that you would go see week after week you know where the guy like you know the car goes off the end of the cliff and you wonder if he made it and you have to come in next you pay a nickel you know to see that what happens next but uh-huh. um other than that i mean i don't think uh, i think movies are on their way out i even think tv shows i mean tv shows are where all the good storytelling is at right now but i don't know i i feel like 
there's just mm. there's just nothing out there anymore. It's just all garbage. It's just garbage. But what and happened, who has time to watch all this stuff? What happened to us you know? going back to the Victorian age? You know, <laughs> so with our inevitable uh, regress into Victorian England, yes. You know, don't you think that like theaters and arts would be the thing again? It's all going to go back to like Maybe. the stage theater, yeah, yeah, and operas. It's going to be I like, hope so. all that would the be great. lower class like binging to death, and then all of the rich people going to their stages and their theaters. Well, that, well, that's what it is now. Yeah, that, that, that's there's, true. Uh, rich, yeah, that's true. Rich people and high performers are not binge watching shows, right? You know, no, no one who's anyone. I mean, even even actors and Hollywood people. You you see them go on a a late night talk show, and the you know the host will say hey have you seen this show and they'll be like I, what's that i don't know because they're too busy working to sit yeah. and watch tv for hours at a time you know so it's i think i i think that we are going to see streaming services scale back on releasing whole series at once yeah uh, like that, D- disney we? Disney Plus is uh, like with their originals, like The Mandalorian and stuff. They're just releasing once, one per week, like a normal show, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of releasing them all at once. And I wonder if that's just to keep people hooked for longer, or if it's more of a reaction to you know, I mean, you release a whole series that you've worked for so long, and then everybody in the country finishes the entire thing. In, in one night, yeah, yeah and know? they spent. I think they spent like over a hundred million on the Mandalorian. I mean, it's like yeah. a movie-sized budget. And the other thing too is, they probably hold these episodes back. So if they have to, and the fans are upset, they can go back and rewrite and remix stuff. And you know, yeah, it's possible. They they probably don't even. They probably don't have confidence in the story they're telling. It's just a product at this point. Because they've ruined Star Wars. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, so they have. <laughs> all right, all right, so let's get this out of the way. We got to get all the right. Star Wars, the Star Wars talk okay. out of the way because there is. I I found this prediction I made back before. You found it? Like, did you write this down somewhere in the? <laughs> no, the I archives so of Joel's memory capsule and just dig it up. <laughs> I wrote Open this back in 2019. <laughs> Love 15-year-old Joel. <laughs> no, I... Um, so, I guess I'll preface this with saying that Star Wars was such a big deal for me. And I think I experienced it in a unique way that a lot of mo- people my age, millennials or whatever, didn't get to. And, and by that, I mean when I was like... I want to say when I was like 12 or 13, somewhere around that age is when they re-released the special the special editions into theaters. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and and we were homeschooled and we didn't watch movies and I hadn't been brought up like I hadn't grown up watching movies. So like it wasn't like I had seen a lot of stuff. I hadn't really even seen a lot of live action movies. You know, we'd seen cartoons every once in a while and stuff like that. But you know We saw Little House in the Prairie. Little House in the, the Prairie, Andy the Andy yeah. Griffith show. <laughs> That was it. Yeah. And so Star Wars comes out and we didn't go see it in theaters, but I think mom or dad said, Oh, let's get the video. We'll go to the the library and we'll rent the VHS tape and we'll watch Star Wars. And I saw Star Wars for the first time um on VHS tape, the original cut, not the George Lucas special edition hmm. silliness. The original cut from like just this pure innocent 
perspective of, of I wasn't jaded by the current pop culture. I hadn't even seen a lot of movies and it just Star Wars just blew me away. I mean, it just like defines so much of my just everything. I don't know. It's just mm. I feel like I can relate to the the older people who saw it in the theaters as kids in the 70s and it just like it just changed their life you know I, I that's how yeah. i saw it sam you're a little younger you may have you know i think episode one was probably already out when you were a baby right mm, no i would have been like probably what seven or eight when it came out okay i okay. think it came out in 1999 okay yeah 99 yep yeah um so so, so yeah you were five and what is so great about it is it's it's just this traditional hero's journey, and I think that's why so many yeah. fanboys have have connected with it. It's about a boy who saves a princess, you know, and saves the galaxy. And it's it's just it's Saint George and the Dragon. It's the centuries old story that has been told and retold um, again and again and again, and um, and then Disney got a hold of it, <laughs> <laughs> and so this is what I wrote. This is what I wrote on Facebook in December 14th, 2015. So that would have been the day before The Force Awakens came out, I think, in theaters. Oh, wow. All right. So this is before The Force Awakens. This is before it even went downhill. So I'm going to read this, and you guys tell me how, how close this turned out to be. Tell me if I'm a prophet or not, or if I'm just petty. A petty one. Oh. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Sorry. I stole your punchline. Yeah. All right. This is what I wrote. December 14, 2015. Opinionated Star Wars prediction alert. I can't wait to see this movie. However, I think that The Force Awakens will likely fall victim to the same problem that kept another awesome sci fi epic, Avatar, from becoming an enduring classic, and that is leftist themes and messaging. How will this happen? Let me offer a few ways. First, J.J. Abrams looks like he will be going more Game of Thrones than Lord of the Rings with a moral compass to the film. By that, I mean he will favor moral ambiguity over absolutism. He has said in interviews that he will try to paint the evil Kylo Ren as a sympathetic character who is somewhat justified in his choices. While this is in keeping with most every other film out there today, it goes against what made Star Wars great. Star Wars came out in the 70s when dark anti-heroes and sympathetic villains were all the rage. Star Wars' black-and-white morality tale of good triumphing over evil was a breath of fresh air at that time. Such universal themes are timeless because they ring true in people's hearts. Second, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, J.J. Abrams has decided to put a woman at the center of the story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. But Joel, Joel, that's this, a strong female lead that's never been done before it's in the never history been done. of television. This no. is like the first time. That's right. It's, you know, maybe and, Joan of Arc. It's about like, time. <laughs> it's about time. I mean, come on. You know, no one's ever done that. Oh, ever. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I say I'm all for inclusivity, but I don't know how many women will really care about this. I think the ratio of male Star Wars fans to female Star Wars fans is about 2.5 billion to 12. Star Wars has always been a boys' adventure. It has always featured patriarchy, wise old men passing their wisdom to a new generation, and heroism, young men realizing their true potential to stand up for what is right and protect the weak. The original Star Wars is at its core story is at its core the story of a father and his son. The Force Awakens, on the other hand, features features a female protagonist. God. 
I think this will lessen the impact of the movie with its core audience, nerdy, angst-ridden 12-year-old boys at heart like me. Finally, it's well known that J.J. Abrams, talented as he is, is a hardcore leftist who cannot seem to keep his agenda out of his films. His most recent Star Trek film seemed more preoccupied with offering commentary on the Bush administration than telling a cohesive story. I think I was referring to Into Darkness there, Star Trek Into Darkness. Is that the con one? Yeah, the con one that just like, yeah, completely jipped the shark. Um, I fear J.J. will not be able to help drawing subtle parallels between the villainous New Order and the Tea Party. The Tea Party was still a thing back in 2015, I guess. Or using beloved characters as mouthpieces for thinly disguised talking points. Do I need to lighten up? Probably. But I also think we should be aware of the worldviews being preached in our films. Secular leftists don't go to church. Hollywood is their church, and movies are their sermons. Every story bears the worldview fingerprints of its author. Ultimately, all good stories echo the greatest story ever told, that God redeemed humanity for himself. And that's why classic stories have themes of redemption, sacrifice, and love, and courage in the face of evil. Let's hope J.J. sticks with the themes that work because they ring true in the heart. So was I right? Mm. I. So you were I one think... of those Russian bots. I was I was one of those toxic fans. You were one those of those misogynists. Huh? Uh, I was one of the misogynist toxic fans. Yep. My my thoughts would be as far as the female lead goes, I, I don't think anyone really cared that that was a, no. a part. I don't think that I don't think so. I don't either. think that really made that much of a difference. Yeah, I'll disagree um, with you on that one. I I think pe- I don't think anyone minded that there was a female main character. Right. I think it's even your your like your twelve year old boy at heart. I I don't think they. Oh man, it's a girl. I I think it was more excitement over Star Wars and the story than uh, than boy or girl. Um, I think J J Abrams. I didn't see much. The Force Awakens was not an attempt by J J Abrams to kind of uh, sneak in his worldview it was just a regurgitation of favorite star wars moments and that's all he can do he's yep. he's and it works. not yeah. an original filmmaker so it actually i think the 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 worldview uh messaging came through more strongly with the last jedi than the force yeah, awakens you, you could you, you could never have pre- predicted ryan johnson joel could never well, have no, predicted I, him I, <laughs> and the scourge that he brought upon the galaxy. <laughs> well, I don't think, yeah, I don't. I didn't think it happened with The Force Awakens, but it did happen with Definitely. The Last Jedi. Yeah, right. With Ryan Johnson. Well, I, I think actually, in some ways, you talk about the original trilogy, Darth Vader being this very, like, obvious bad guy, and he was, but there was actually, it ended up, the whole trilogy, you finding some sympathy with him. You know the the father and son. Uh, there's good in him. Um, mm-hmm. He ends up saving his son. So there's still an element of that that element of redemption, which yes. you mentioned is part of the the main story. And I think we're actually going to see that in the new trilogy as well. I think redemption is going to play a huge part in this final film. Um, so, so do you guys want to hear some spoilers? How 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 um what how it, reliable did you get are these spoilers? A pirated show? version of this? So, no, or is this I, is this another is this another prediction? I have rumors. From... There are leaks and rumors that have come out about how the ending how how it ends. Yeah, you I don't even, I don't even care at this point. Like I don't I don't even I don't, I don't sure. I, it yeah, can't even be spoiled either. for me. Like okay. it's, 
All right, so for our audience, to those of you who are actually still listening at this point, (laughs) 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 apparently, so the rumor is there are potential spoilers ahead, although there are rumors, or or (laughs) they are rumors, so I don't, um, if these rumors are true. So if you don't want to hear potential spoilers for Star Wars. I will edit back in as mu- exactly as much time as you have to skip ahead to skip these spoilers. Um, but here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, so the I have it on good authority that um, they released this film to a test screening about a, m- a month and a half ago. And um, they show the film in three acts, and after each act, the test screen people will give their score of each act. Okay? Mm. So the first test screen, um, act one, I think they the, the people in the audience rated um, act one like uh, 67 out of 100, something like that. Yeah. Act two, they rated a 40 out of 100. Oh my. In Act Three, they rated a four out of a hundred, <laughs> and the only people in the audience who gave, who even gave the 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 third act a four, were people who had never seen Star Wars before. Everyone else gave it a zero. So, um, Bob Iger, I guess, was in. He was sitting in that test screening, and he freaked out. And he said, "We cannot release the movie like this. We have to. We have to change it. We have to change the story. We have to do some reshoots." And they've been doing the reshoots for the past month with the Last Jedi. The same yes. thing. <laughs> yes. what, what is wrong with them? Like, why can't they do this? Like they're paying mil- hundreds of millions of dollars. They're just pouring somewhere. Oh my goodness! And they yes. can't come up with a cohesive story. So, so Joel, what's so, the ending? So, what, version how does it end? Version one of the story. Okay was uh, Ray faces the Emperor at the end of the movie. Right. Okay? right. We all knew that. And the em- she and Kylo Ren face the Emperor. The Emperor right. immediately kills Kylo Ren, just like casts him into a pit. Like two seconds, Kylo Ren's done. He doesn't even get a chance to fight. Wonderful. Okay? And then it is revealed <laughs> that Ray is Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter. What? <laughs> What? Yes. <laughs> and then who did he marry? And who? Did, I like, I don't know. Or it's who, did revealed, he, who did he have sex with? Like what's it's going really, on? It's, it's a it's a forced <laughs> like, child. Who it's is like Emperor Palpatine? Like like doing on the side? He, like while he's he probably, running the galaxy? Like what? He like he probably incubated <laughs> the baby in his own self. Okay, by that the makes sense. <laughs> 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 anyway, so. And then Ray faces the Emperor and just basically beats the crap out of him and defeats him in like two seconds. The Emperor's done, dead. Oh my god. Boom. Gosh. It's over. And then and then she and so she realizes I'm a Palpatine. That's how I that's why I was so powerful with the force. I'm the granddaughter of Palpatine. But then she decides that Palpatine doesn't define her and she takes the name of Skywalker. And oh, please. she decides that no. even though she was born a Palpatine, she is going to be a Skywalker. And so she takes uh, Skywalker's name, and that is the rise of Skywalker. And that's the end. And so, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so but what? That, 
so they so they re they remixed the story and i don't know what the second remix was but it scored a little better so act three scored like a 40 or something like that Mm. and then and 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 bob Iger still Still wasn't satisfied with that yeah he still wasn't satisfied so george lucas came in and he said, "The savior of us all." <laughs> he said, "He said we need more medical." He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, I, I, uh, I have an idea. I, th- I think I have an idea that might work here. Um, and uh, <laughs> but, that was really so, good. So George Lucas's idea was basically that there is a secret Skywalker. Instead of Ray being the rise of Skywalker, there is going to be some some new Skywalker that the first two films have not mentioned or maybe they have but it hasn't been revealed that it's because there were there was no character development in the first two films so right like yeah why might as well just like throw them all out the window and start from scratch because yeah so there's <laughs> so equal amount of effort as developing the characters we have now yeah so apparently in george lucas's version <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna laugh <laughs> while i'm saying apparently in george lucas's version Ray faces the Emperor at the end, and she is joined by the Force ghosts of Anakin and Luke, and they fight the Emperor together. Yeah. And then, and then Anakin and Luke reveal to Ray that there is another, there is another, there is another Skywalker, and I. It's not clear who that is. They probably don't even know yet. They're nope. probably still trying to figure that out. So what, are they going to open so, it up to another set of so another they, trilogy? Nah, it'll be no. covered in like the TV shows. and. Uh, so and they did So they comics. did some research. Apparently, they did some reshoots with George Lucas's idea. I mean, this is just the rumor. I don't know. They did some research shoots, and um, it's the third act scored like an 86 with the test audience. Hmm. And so... Um, however, Kathleen Kennedy, who I guess is the Yay, our mastermind of all this, who we all love. <laughs> we love her. Um, She's so nice. This, this would basically scrap her story if if George Lucas's story gets picked. It would scrap oh, Kathleen Kennedy's version of, of events. So, um, so yeah. That <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, Man, Disney just, like, you know what? is not content just to, like, on one single childhood movie, like they have to take I'll all of out. it, I'll be everything. <laughs> Every, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. So like they have to take everything that was important to Joel, you as a thirty-year-old guy, and they just have to just flush it down the toilet, and they're just because not happy with it's it. because I I am a white male and my time is done. You're evil, yeah. It's you're, time you're to flush the person. white males down the down the toilet. We, we, do you know what you guys want to know? All, what all that's I think? left for us to do is just gather in our basements under these blankets and complain on, on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is what Disney you has guys, driven us to. This is what we. <laughs> do you guys want to know what what I think would make this final movie awesome? Yes. Yes. Ooh, you think it, you think it's salvageable? I think so, and it could tie in the Last Jedi beautifully. And also actually tie in like the prequels really nicely too. Okay. I think that it should be revealed that Ray is a clone <laughs> created by the Emperor. Listen, listen to this. Okay. So before the Emperor dies, he creates clones with his force powers on that clone planet that we see in episode two. Geonosis. And Whatever, yeah, that, and uh, and so, 
in The Last Jedi, when Rey goes into that dark pit and asks to see her parents, what does she see? She sees a bunch Ooh, of herself. I've heard that, that theory before. Yeah. yeah. And so it's actually telling her the truth that she is a clone. And that's also why she has all these force powers is because she was created by the emperor. But for some reason, something went wrong. She was defective or she was a woman or something like that. <laughs> right. and oh, well, how, how did this she woman gets, get in here? <laughs> and she gets, uh, she gets tossed out to Jakku and, uh, and maybe that's where they're going with the whole I'm a Palpatine, but really I'm going to claim the name Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't they don't do that. That would ruin but it. But do you guys know you, what that's that's good, Aaron, but I'm going to one up you there. So in okay. the, this ninth and final installment, <laughs> Kyle Katarn comes as an old man. Kyle Katarn. Yeah. Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. The true Jedi hero that nobody <laughs> just knows. Just comes about. out of nowhere. Comes out of nowhere. <laughs> And he uses his force lightning and force choke at the same time, and he's just like <laughs> for our listeners who are, who are still listening. God bless you. Um, Kyle Katarn <laughs> is a minor character from the video game Jedi Outcast and uh, Jedi Knight of uh, Yes, right? Am I right about that, Sam? Yeah, probably probably yeah. one of the best uh, Kyle Katarn uh, Star Wars video games that they created. Did, is that your is that your version, Sam? That would make it all better. Kyle yeah, Katarn Kyle shows Katarn. up out of nowhere, yeah. <laughs> but he has to be like original video game like graphics, like just like yeah. jumping into the movie, like a little blockhead, like oh, like. <laughs> I think I think George Lucas came into the screening room. He's like, well, what we really need to do is we need to bring back Jar Jar as the. And it's going to be that the Emperor is actually the, a puppet the, the, the of Jar Jar. Jar Jar, Jar, Jar yeah. is a Skywalker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Luke. Oh, my. Luke went to... He was actually adopted by Anakin. Luke went to Naboo and had a wild night in the... <laughs> <laughs> in the <laughs> wild night. Oh, my word. Oh, anyway, so, okay. <laughs> actually, I'll, I'll tell you kind of where I thought The Last Jedi was going that I w- would have been kind of okay with that I thought was cool because I there was a um, The Last Jedi had a bit of like a, a very a little hint of, of romantic tension between Rey and Kylo and um, yeah and they were yeah they were connected and there was this scent like he's this just this angsty messed up dude and she's this graceful lovely girl and i i i would love for there to be some element of of them falling in love and that love is what brings him to the good side kind of that hmm. what you know what happens when uh when a, a man and a woman fall in love like the the girl kind of like tames the man yeah, so to speak. It had to be know. those those chest high pants. Is that's right? That's what did it. Ben, ben any Swolo. woman, any woman would fall for that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to salvage uh, what we have left of our alien, completely alienated audience. Um, <laughs> okay, so he, so he, here's what I like: uh, having a f- strong female lead. I think that's fine, and I think what Hollywood has been doing, like they've just been doing it in such a terrible way, because we yes. had. We have had strong female leads for a very long time, but they're pretending like this is brand new, mm-hmm. and they're they're making 
they're doing it at the expense of realistic character development. And I yes, think that- you, you know what? Oh, these strong female leads, their number one characteristic that makes them awesome is just simply that they're female. Yeah. Right. They're not whole people. They're kicking like, butt. Yeah, and they're just going <laughs> yeah. around like, and they're like beating up a bunch of dudes. And it's like, oh man, that's that's crazy. Well, that's you awesome. Know, you know, you know the perfect example of this. I know we're getting like deep in the nerd territory here. So sorry, sorry, boomers. Um, <laughs> the a perfect example of this is uh, the difference between Sarah Connor in Terminator Two versus Terminator Three or ter- the new one, Terminator Dark Fate. Which I don't know if you have heard of that. I don't think um, I've seen any of the Terminators actually. Terminator what? One and Two are uh, Terminator One is one of the greatest like sci-fi horror films of all time. Terminator Two is the greatest action film of all time, and it is an incredible story. And um, Sarah Connor. So the the gist of Terminator Two is that uh, Sarah Connor's son. She finds out her son is is going to grow up to lead a resistance against an evil AI and he's going to save the world basically. So the AI sends a machine back in time to kill John Connor before he becomes this great leader. And so she is in Terminator two. She's protecting her son. She's a mother and she is, she's just this awesome, strong, just kicking butt, you know, female character, but it's, it's done in this natural, honest way you look at her as just a this what any any mother would do to protect her son but she's still awesome you know yeah um yeah. in the new one um there's a twist at the beginning that basically I won't get into it but frees her of any roles uh, of motherhood and she just becomes kind of this this BA Clint Eastwood character that that goes around hunting terminators free of of motherhood free of her son which is kind of a indicative of where the culture has gone too. You know, it's mm-hmm. like motherhood is looked at as a weakness um, or a crutch or a, a, a in, you know, a weight in, instead of something that is just amazing. Like the, the most amazing thing about yeah. a woman is, you and, know, and here's what they're doing is, you know, they're, they're turning around and saying like, Oh my gosh, like these movies keep bombing at the box office. It's, it's clear America is like misogynist and sexist and racist and they hate women. Right. And, and no, it's actually these characters aren't realistic. You've completely ignored like conventional, like actually having a realistic character in a movie. And mm-hmm. what you've tried to do is like, all right, let's take what we've used for men and let's just like, like make a woman that and just yeah. like forcing a, you know, a round peg in a square hole Mm-hmm. And it's just not realistic, and people don't connect with things that aren't true to life. And so, and I think Aaron, going back to what you're saying about, you know, is the culture, you know, does the what well, I don't even what movies and culture does the <laughs> say that again? <laughs> does, <laughs> does do movies? Does entertainment influence culture? Does culture influence movies? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and what or entertainment? And right? now you have like these movies and these studios are trying to like change the way people operate by cramming down like this their own kind of idea of what woman right. in, a strong woman should look like and right it's and not it's, working it's a win-win it's win for them working it's not working well it's not working in their eyes it's a win-win because if they end up making a good movie like a movie that earns a lot of money and people see it's a win for them like you said sam if it's a fail and no one sees it it's still a win for them because they in their eyes have the moral high ground and they can say well 
they no one see it see is seeing it because they're just not woke or they're not in touch with reality and it's their fault that they're not seeing it and so they can kind of still claim moral superiority um and point the finger at the audience it's um, not it's not really even if a it's just a lousy because movie the, the only thing they care about is money i just think right. they're so disconnected yeah and and, and yeah. they think this is like they're just so disconnected from reality and then there's, and then they just turn into sore losers, and they start blaming it on the audience. And they're like, "Well, you guys, like, the reason you don't like Star Wars is because, you know, Star Wars fans are all just racist and sexist, and they hate everybody." <laughs> and it's like, "No, actually, this is a terrible movie. Just from basic movie standards, like, The Last Jedi was just a terrible movie. Like, forget all of the agendas and feminism. If you take all that out, it's still." I thought it was a. Worst. I thought it was a. I thought it was a beautifully filmed movie. I thought well, it was visuals, well directed and beautifully filmed. It was nice. incredible. Yeah, the action was great, um, but it, yeah, it didn't mean anything. It just it destroyed the characters. No, that we, yeah, love. and the yeah. space chase. I actually like. I actually, I actually <laughs> liked the Last Jedi. I'll just throw that out there. Okay, don't hurt me. I no, I won't because you know so I went and saw like it in theaters. It? I, I went and saw it in theaters, and I liked it too. Right. The first time I saw it. Yep. And I think it it took time to sink in that oh my gosh like Luke like what do they do to Luke this is terrible you know and then and I think it also I, I realized that I after I saw it that first time it just kind of faded out of my memory I literally didn't care about it it was a, yeah. it was an enjoyable experience in the theater and I just kind of forgot it. like it's been on Netflix for the last year or two and i haven't even watched it like i, I have no desire yeah. to see it there's just yeah. nothing to draw it was me a back beautiful to it. presentation i mean the visuals were awesome you know there were some things done in space that had never been done before and it was like whoa like that's kind of cool right but mm-hmm. i i liked it the first time i saw it and then when i read all the backlash and everyone <laughs> hating on it i'm like wait maybe i don't like it <laughs> and i had to <laughs> I was sort of indifferent. Like I had very conflicted feelings. Like I was kind of like, "Yeah, it was good, but meh." Like Joel kind of somewhere fell off like, about it. I enjoyed the experience in the theater, but then I like, and and I'm not gonna go back to watch the next one. Like I have no desire to. And that's yeah, like, I don't either. That's it's what's weird. gonna cost. Them, oh, really. you guys will see it. You will see it. I haven't even don't, seen Solo. Don't. Yeah, you're I, probably. I, right. have, I have not even seen Solo. It's been on Netflix too. I. I can't even bring myself. I have no desire to see Solo. It's pretty I, good. I liked it. I even like yeah, see, even uh, what was the other one that they made? Uh, the other side story. Um, Rogue One. Rogue, Rogue one. one. That one was I, good. I that fell asleep. Good. I fell uh, asleep during it. Really? I liked that one. I tried to watch it a second time, and I fell asleep again. See, Rogue One had a strong female lead, and I. Really? That's that's why Joel fell asleep. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Joel. <laughs> Joel hates women. No, you know what it was? I mean, Rogue One, it was just a Marvel movie. It was just a bunch of explosions and ships flying around and no. big battles. It it's just it just You were sleeping, so you didn't you don't know. I can't even make it through a Marvel movie. I have to like pinch myself and drink coffee to get through them because they are so freaking boring to me. Mm. They're just you, you know <laughs> what's like going to happen. <laughs> They're it's just See, a bunch of garbage thrown. I didn't at the like them until Thanos really came in, and then that was kind of interesting the, to me. The Infinity War yeah. ones were good. I thought. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I 
but even those I had to like I had to pinch myself to stay awake through them because it's just like this it's just bashing you over the head with action and you just kind of get numb about an hour and a half into it and you realize you still have an hour and a half to go it's like <laughs> yeah yeah my my view toward my stance toward like Star Wars honestly is like I'm just gonna enjoy them and have like you know watch the movie say all right that was fun and uh and try not to get too caught up either way <laughs> like passivist, Aaron. like I, I watched solo i'm like okay that was fun you know i watched last Jedi. like hey, that was that was a fun movie i guess well you know what needs to happen aaron and sam and i think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago is our culture now needs the next great story and i think oh. that us three i think the three of us have to be the ones to do it <laughs> So no one else. Can no one else is rising up. Let's go find a, a good female lead. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> Step. Got to make one. sure we have a great female lead, and That's she right. has to she has to look at the camera every four minutes and say, "Nationalism is bad." Right. Yes. <laughs> Orange man bad. <laughs> That's right. Um. Yeah. No. Our we need our. Our culture is ripe for another great story that is honest, true to life, true to how people actually are, and touches the soul and and speaks to our our deep felt needs right now for goodness and uh, integrity, righteousness triumphing over evil, um, against adversity, blah, 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 blah. And not just in a way that's a trope, because that's a device that works well for a movie, but in a way that it is an honest telling of a timeless story. That's what we need. So. Cool. Drink to that. Let's get to it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> what would you say, Joel, it would make, what are, what are the, the key elements for a, a, a good story? Hmm. What needs to be there? Well, for one, I think that um, I love the idea of, a loser uh, protagonist or a, uh, uh, an, an imperfect, maybe even annoying or uh, like not, not your typical hero. I'm, I'm tired of the superhero heroes. Like Luke, like Luke Skywalker. Like Luke. Like Luke. You know, yeah. Luke, he was a whiny little brat. He was annoying. He was, he annoying. was like, yep. Yeah. High pitched voice and an eighties haircut and yep. was skinny. I, and I, I like it. I like the idea of a hero who is heroic, not because of, his strength or his abilities, but because of the choices he makes um, yeah. when it's hard. Um, yeah, you see the development of, yes. of him. You know, yeah. he goes from like the, uh, an unpolished, rough, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to go into town to get some power converters. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, <laughs> through, yeah. you know, the ex- experience that he finds himself, he, he grows into who he is. Yeah. And that's why, that's what made the original trilogy good. That's what made Ray in the new tr- trilogy bad. Yeah, because what, what what development has there been of Ray's Ray character? Ray has no There's development. Nothing. And she didn't She's train a- either. Like The original trilogy was... Luke becoming someone, mm. right? He he became someone. Yeah. Ray in the new trilogy, the whole quest was discovering who she was. Already who was. She already was. Yeah. And I think that is a great illustration of the shift in our our culture as a whole, right? The yeah. the the new what is set forth isn't growing and becoming someone that you aren't now. It's 
reaching inside and discovering who you already are. Your truth, finding your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just... And that moment of her uh, rejecting the name of Palpatine and taking the name of Skywalker, that's that's uh, quintessential your truth, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. I'm... I'm not. I'm and, not. I'm going to reject reality, right. and I'm and, gonna... and Luke had like he had the the guiders and like the people. Right. You know, he had Obi Wan, and then he had Yoda, and they're they're training him and they're bringing him along. And it, you know, it wasn't. Uh, you know, there really wasn't. And Luke didn't really know anything special about himself besides that Darth Vader killed his father. You know, and so Luke, you know, is, has this vague knowledge of like, okay, like Darth Vader killed my father, and. You know, all this crazy stuff. But then he's brought along by these mentors that are, you know, training right. him, giving him wisdom. And then, you know, in the final, the sixth movie, he's like super cool. Like he's got the black robe and the green lightsaber. And he's just like super cool <laughs> hero now, you know. And yeah. He's there. And, and in, that was an in awesome the new moment. trilogy, Ray basically moves past all of the mentors. Her mentors end up being people that yeah. really can't do much for her. Yeah. Luke fades out. Uh, Han Solo fades out. Um, Yoda fades out. Um, all of these, all these mentors, basically, like you know what? We don't really know what we're talking about. Let's make way for the, the, the new young character that already knows everything and, and can handle it herself. That's actually um, a really good observation. Yeah, and so I think it, in a way it does kind of show the the value system of of the culture, what we set up as, what is our goal in this life? What are we aiming toward? Mm-hmm. Um, is it to learn from those who have gone before us and grow into someone we're not, or move past those who have gone before us and realize who we already are? Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Boom. Boom. Oh, man. It's so getting way too deep Luke, for so my Luke, shallow little Luke never mind. turned to Yoda and said, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming up in the, the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> I hope that meme is dropped somewhere in the movie. It'll make it worth it. <laughs> well, and that's and that there was a there's that that the big moment in the Last Jedi of Yoda talking to Luke and saying like burn the books. Like, you know, we have nothing to offer anymore. It's time for a she, new way. It's time for a new uh, well, what she what he says there is w- those books don't contain anything that Rey already possesses. Right. Right. So she already has it all. She, she has nothing more to learn. Um, which, yeah, again, points to that. Again, yeah. like, doesn't need anything. I do love I do love the line, honestly, a little bit where Yoda tells Luke, we are what they move beyond. I think that is kind of a cool, like, we train them up, and then we watch them move ahead of us, and and that's a good thing. Yeah, that you know, would be like, great if he actually trained her. Right. He hey he gave her three lessons so I mean <laughs> three's enough three's enough and then he milked that giant boob alien with the green Man, talk about scarlet uh, oh gosh oh my poor Luke and Mark feel... Hamill you Mark Hamill is like Dude, he's devastated about it yeah he's poor he hates poor Star guy? Wars he Mark hates, Hamill hates Star he just, Wars yeah he's so over it now poor yeah. guy yeah. All right, we got to stop talking about Star Wars, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We'll have to make this a two-parter or something. Yeah, we. Uh, if you haven't realized, Joel, Sam, and I are all like secret major Star Wars nerds. And this is the first t- time in a long time where we've been able just to vomit out all of our Star listen, Wars thoughts. Listen, guys, I am I'm developing my writing. I'm going to work on how to 
on how to write a screenplay. And um, someday the three of us are going to write the next great story. And this conversation right here will be like on some special edition. Um, Mm. uh, They won't have DVDs in the future. I don't know what they'll have. (laughs) Holograms. Brain implants. It'll be on the special edition brain implant of our movie. I'll I'll call up I'll call up Kirk Cameron and and, re, and make sure that he's available. Kirk Cameron and Kevin it. Sorbo. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Kevin yep. Sorbo. Mm-hmm. Stars. Greatest actors of all. And who, and that and who's that uh, that gal from? Is it Full House? That Christian gal that uh, is in all the oh. Christian movies now. Is it Full House? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. The remember. one that was on the View that used to. Uh, I don't know. Be one of the people. On the Do view. you guys know what I want to see put to film? Is uh, C.S. Lewis's Ransom trilogy. I haven't heard of that, actually. What? Yeah. The Ransom trilogy? No. Yeah. I you haven't heard of that it. either. It's uh it's a sci it's the sci fi um, Oh the sci fi his sci fi trilogy. Yeah. yeah. I I've heard I haven't read them. I've heard those books are like unfilmable. Like maybe they They could be now. I mean because I mean it's basically him going to other planets and each each planet is kind of like a, like a an allegory of um, you know, Doesn't spiritual he... spiritual warfare, or yeah. um, you know, the second one he goes to Venus, and it's like an Adam and Eve character, and you know, God had created you know an Adam and Eve character on Venus, and so then there's this guy that came from Earth, and he's trying to get them to, um, you know, sin and reject God, and so it's just like it's super out there. I mean, which is crazy because like this was written very long time ago, and C.S. Lewis's imagination is like it's just insane. I mean, like spaceships going to other planets, and these he created these I'll whole have to check other. Check those out. Yeah, he created like out. these whole other worlds with these other creatures. That yeah, it's just it's pretty cool. I th- I think I think it would be kind of interesting to see those put to film. Hmm. I think they should maybe they could uh, pull a like what they did with Wrinkle in Time when they made that a movie and try to get Oprah. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love The Wrinkle in Time. I still haven't seen the movie because I don't want to ruin the book for myself. The book was good. Right. The book, the book was, really, was good. really good. I I really enjoyed that, but yeah, yeah I'm no interest in. Seeing I never saw. <laughs> I never saw the movie. Ugh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, okay, I also uh, moving on from Star Wars. I, we have to talk about just Disney in general. I I finally I I had been putting this off because i just didn't want to but my kids the other day they were like can we see lion king we watch lion king the live action not live action but like realistic animation remake garbage yep of lion king have you guys seen that no because i've already saw the original animated movie okay the original animated movie is perfect it's a it's a perfect movie it's it's one of the greatest it's one of the greatest animated films if not the greatest animated film of all time. And Disney pumped in $260 million into The Lion King and managed to make it horrible. It's the most depressing piece of garbage. <laughs> well, such strong it just, well, I thought it was just, it was just a shot-for-shot shot remake it of was. the animated one. It right? is, so. but it's weird because it's missing they try... It's missing. Well, well yeah, the animals can't act, so they don't emote. Their faces don't emote, and then they try to say the lines a little differently, so that it's not exactly the same yeah. way. It but made it for sounds some really awkward moments. Like yeah, because the animals can't 
do facial expressions because like they're actual like real to life animals in the movie. Like some moments I was like, "Huh, this is r- really awkward and weird because yeah, it's just, it's, it's just it wasn't bizarre. meant to be well, they didn't, realistic. They didn't care. They didn't care. They just said, right. hey, we oh, can yeah. do this. That we can make yep. another $750 million. Dollars. Yep. And that's also... They know that all of the money on that. all of the kids that were around uh, with the original cartoon, animated movies, have all grown up and they're feeling nostalgic. And they know that if they just re-release all these classic movies uh, in a new way... That people would go see it, whether whether or not it was a good movie or a quality movie, they didn't well, really what, care. That's it's what like, tells me, like Disney's yeah. just dead. Like they've lost the ability to tell a good story, and they're just cannibalizing themselves at this point in buying up new yeah. properties. And that's all it is. They're just there's there's nothing. Walt Disney's vision um, is is dead. <laughs> Should we end on that point right there? The end. Boom. Did you hear that? Like on the on on Disney Plus, they have like disclaimers on a lot of their older movies. Uh, like yeah, this like this movie orders. may yeah, well, like this movie may portray outdated cultural um, so, uh, like, manifestations. Like we can't handle ourselves. Like what are we gonna like right. watch old movies and be well, like, like you know? I can't believe the world was like that 30 years ago like what well like, i mean what the heck? granted granted i mean you know dumbo had a bunch of black crows with that's true you know, yeah talked like black people and racist stuff all this stuff yeah <laughs> so yeah but yeah they have all these disclaimers every on, bugs uh, bunny film ever yeah seriously oh, yeah. like it's, every racial stereotype bad. yeah yeah that's yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> but, but anyway that's that's another thing that's kind of weird about the new digital streaming kind of era is these companies can just edit their movies at will like now that we don't own physical copies of these things that's kind of a, a orwellian thing don't you think like mm-hmm. that you can <laughs> you know you can watch or a movie 10 years from now and it movie. won't be the same movie oh like what if like the movies change depending on who's watching it like like they know you. <laughs> They've been listening. You know, like, because Google listens oh, to your word. phone. They have your data. They know who you yeah. are. And so, yeah, I mean, it's so it already happens. Well, like, 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 let's say, like, like, someone has, like, like, you know, they're listening to one individual who, in their opinion, is inclined toward violence or, you know, looks up white supremacy stuff. And so they, they edit out certain elements of movies that, uh, yeah. that might, encourage or oh my goodness that. absolutely or like what? kylo they have kylo ren like sleep on a purple mattress because you were talking <laughs> about it yesterday <laughs> oh yeah little oh ad gosh. placements <laughs> <laughs> product placements customized product placements in a movie oh. that's Man, dude that's, that'd be a lot of fun uh, i would know they're working on that really though. random things I start looking up really random products online just to see like how wacky it would make you know that, well, movies that, turn into. That could be done in a very simple <laughs> way, just with with some things. Like, so imagine there's a scene where a character is holding a can of something, like a, a twelve ounce well, can. They already of Coke. do product. You placement. could no. I'm saying like, what if they could tailor it to where that can can change what is being drunk in the scene based off of like <laughs> what your ad preferences are. So it could be a can oh of goodness. beer. It could be a can of Seven Up. Or a can of Coke. And wow. Guys, we, wow. we are not we are not high right now, just to let you know. <laughs> are you high, Sam? You're not high. I don't know. <laughs> You're, Sam lives in Denver, so you never know with him. You never know. 
Bye. I'm about. We got that out of the way. Disney Plus garbage. Star Wars garbage. Disney dead. Joel's Mar- future screenplay amazing. <laughs> 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 and I'll, I'll say, I will say though, the the I mean, the Mandalorian is 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 pretty fun. Okay, so did you see the first? Episode? Yeah, I saw the yeah, first like episode. Good. Yeah, nice. it's like Star Wars old western. You know, nice. like he gets a special job to go find this individual, and he goes to some desert planet and has to learn how to tame some alien horse and then ride it. <laughs> Really, I infiltrate some base and that's like legit. And, that's like abs- like dude, yeah. Western. That's he actually awesome. has to no, tame an alien horse. Yeah, it's fun. Honestly, I think it's it's it, it'll be. I think it'll be refreshing because it'll be like Star Warsy, which we all enjoy, but free from the the pressure of trying to make it like all the yeah. other Star Wars. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it'll be fun. All right, fun. I'll check fun it out. Show. Can I have so, your Disney Plus yeah. password? I don't know. Yeah, can you put it in the chat there. Yeah, can you just yeah, let's just share it with the world, yeah. all our listeners. I'll please. post a link in the show notes. No, I, <laughs> no, I, I, I just had like the the seven day free trial. Oh, so free trial. Yeah, oh, seven day free go. trial. I just I wanted to see the first episode. I'll so get I just I'll get the free trial, free trial when all the episodes come out, so I can binge them. There we go. <laughs> Good strategy. Yes. So uh, let's let's end this on a a note uh, deeper and wiser than w- where we've been so far. What do you guys ha- have to say about Aaron? You touched a little bit on uh, culture and its effect on our entertainment, and then entertainment's effect on our culture. What yeah. ab- what about uh, where do Christians fall in in this whole picture? What should our role be in affecting the culture? And also affecting the media, entertainment. Um, are you more of the mind that we just like need to like like separate ourselves from it, or do you feel like Christians should be more engaged in creating good art, being you know at the forefront of culture? I think, I mean, that shouldn't be our mission. I don't think Christians' mission should be to re- reclaim the arts necessarily. What? What? So what is first? What is Christians' mission? To share the gospel and glorify God. Can you glorify God through the arts? Yes, you can. So there you go. I mean, that's, so it is definitely. Yeah, yeah a I'm part saying it's of, good. It's good. It's good because God gave us abilities and gifts, and that reflect His image in us and all that. And I think if someone has been gifted in in the arts that it's glorifying to God for them to pursue those abilities in the best way, most excellent way possible. So yeah, I, I think that's living the way that God designed you to live. I'm think I'm talking about Christianity as as a movement, as a religion. What what is our purpose, right? And um I think um no, I, I think our mission is much bigger than that. And I think if we actually do accomplish our main mission mission of just, you know, proclaiming the truth of the gospel, I think the culture will be impacted by that in a positive way. Um, but that's I see that more as a implication of not the not the main. Do you, so do you think thrust. do you think Christians have gone wrong in uh, detaching themselves, kind of washing their hands of of the culture? 
or because the way I see where Christianity is now is kind of like in a ghetto, a cultural ghetto. We have our own little yeah. subgenre of music, our own little subgenre of of movies that is you know we make them for ourselves, for each other. Um, no one out in the world really watches these things or listens listens to these things. And so we've kind of we've created a an island for ourselves. Do you think that that's a good thing or or not to the extent that we isolate ourselves from the world we're trying to reach? Um I I, <laughs> I just think that Christians are really bad at it. Because we have to preach all the time. We can't just tell a good story. It. We have to. We're the ones that always have to look at the camera and say, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, Jesus yeah, we're, is Lord." We're ridiculing the <laughs> Jesus left died for, for your sins. <laughs> we can't. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. I, I I think like we've tried. Christianity's tried to reclaim the arts and all this stuff, and it, we're just really bad at it. We're lousy at it. And I think in the 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 attempts you know to reclaim the the arts whether that's in movies or music have usually been really really shallow and wishy-washy on theology and content and depth mm-hmm. um and so i think we end up doing our, ourselves a disservice when we try too hard to make christian versions of what the world is creating that's what i'm saying um, like we should well, we shouldn't it's... be making uh, we're we're always a decade behind you know uh-huh. Um, you know, our Christian music is, they're just ripoffs of last year's top 40, you know, our movies even further behind than that. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, there, there's that, um, and I'll, and I'll disagree with you somewhat there. It's, it's not that we're bad at it. I think it's just, you know, we are behind and, and Christians have pursued arts in a different way. And I think purposefully, the arts they have pursued has been different than what the world, and they've done that for the sake of being different. Like, you know, in every good, like, you know, conservative church, you'll find lots of piano players and violinists and orators. And that's, those are all great things. But, um, you know, and I think, you know, stumbling into the, the media that our culture is more accustomed to, you know, we're still playing catch up. And I think that there's this pressure, you know, because, there's this um, lack of even an understanding of the theology of art and the theology of beauty, which, you know, I think that throughout the ages, churches have done better at uh, capturing. Churches have sometimes idolized that, um, you know, capturing art and beauty for God and making that an idol. I think that it, it is really important. And I think a lot of Christians are doing it really well. And, you know, I, I think it's it's part of the mission we have to display the glory of God to redeem the creative abilities that we have and that he has given us. Cause God is, God is one that creates. And so if we're not creating, right. we're not, there's a huge aspect of God that we're, we're not reflecting on this world. And you know, the arts is it's human nature, it's philosophy, it's culture, and it's all these things wrapped up into one message. And I think it's, it's something that's very underutilized because it, it connects sometimes better with a person than a man standing from a pulpit giving a sermon. And I think that, you know, we'll get there, but we're, you know, we're behind. I think that the problem is Hollywood, let's just take movies and entertainment, for example. Hollywood is so entrenched and solidified 
in how they create entertainment. They have all the resources. They have all anything at their disposal to create what they create. It would take years and years and years and years of of growth before Christians could create anything as on par as as what Hollywood can create. And in the meantime, Hollywood is so anti-Christian that a Christian really can't reclaim the arts in that environment. No, you'd have to go, uh, you'd have to build your own Hollywood somewhere else. You'd have to... That's what I'm right. saying. It, yeah. But is that really, but is that the mission of the church to, to, to create a new Hollywood, to kind of create a, a Christian version of hmm. what Hollywood's made? I think that's just no. I, no, I, I think, think so. it's more. It's it's more effective in line of what we're supposed to do is just to, you know, um, you know, Sam, to preach the gospel and and preach it to those that do have, you know, that have the, the artistic ability and and uh, God will save them and help them use their their artistic abilities to to glorify him you know so i don't know yeah i I think i think it's just we can get too caught up in trying to take back the arts and um and we have to remember too that since we believe that you know the gospel is the power of god that this is all god's work you know we we have to know that God can do just as much and more with a simple man saying simple words uh, as he can with, uh, you know, yeah. $200 million in a, in yeah. a movie franchise, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so that's, that's one thing to remember too, is that like, we don't have to get all bent out of shape that, Oh, how do we get back into the culture? You know, we're really, we're, we're missing this. We're missing our grip on the, you know, the messaging of this, you know, when, God has all this anyway, and um, and his power his power is manifested through yeah. just simple believers uh, acting in obedience to him. And I think, yeah, and I think that you know, just even this phrase "reclaiming the arts" just I don't know, it doesn't capture. I think how Christians should even view our art and how our art glorifies God, because you know, it's never going to be a Hollywood. We're never going to try to create a Hollywood no. or get to that level. Um, you know, it's. I. I just think it's. It's important, and we need to, you know, be. Um, you know, we need to be pursuing the arts. How God, you know, leads us. Honestly, to the arts. like not as a strategy. Yeah, if no, you're gifted in it, strategy. Yeah. yeah, do it. Yeah, do it in a way that God Absolutely. has equipped you to do it. Um, but you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to do it as a strategy, and and I think you have to remember that there was a time when Hollywood almost exclusively told Christian stories. I mean, all through the 50s and even the 60s, the, all the big blockbusters in the theaters were biblical stories. You know, you had Cecil, mm-hmm. uh, was it Cecil DeMille or whoever that guy was, the Ten Commandments and, and Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur, which is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time, um, the biggest blockbuster of the year, uh, won like 11 Oscars, something like that, released in 1959, it didn't. It didn't really stave off the the cultural revolution of the state, the sixties, and the sexual revolution, and all the drugs. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, right. The, <laughs> all those all those biblical films being piped into every movie theater for 
two decades in in you know mid-century America um, didn't didn't seem to do much <laughs> right. in right. in yeah. terms of pushing yeah. the culture in the right direction anyway. So there you know yeah there's there's that thought I guess. Do you think uh, what do you think Christians' role should be in supporting? Uh, the movie industry and all this, and, and especially now with there being there being much more pushy in promoting a certain agenda, how should Christians deal with actually funding that by subscri- by watching and and um, hmm. y- you know, yeah, I'm, you know I'm what I'm okay. saying? Yeah, I'm okay with uh, I'm okay with shelling out money for a good movie um, that's well made. You know, even if you don't agree with the you know the viewpoints espoused in the movie or the viewpoints of the people who made it, I just don't think that there's that much worth seeing anymore. I guess right. w- what I'm not okay with is just wasting your time and money on on uh, trite, meaningless garbage, you know, and or binging for 22 hours on just nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the thing that I think that's the biggest. Uh, damage of of a lot of this entertainment stuff is it's just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. It's not worthy of your time. Um, Amen. You know. Amen. Um, Amen. So if you're gonna see a movie, see something good. Make sure it's something good. Some something yeah. that's uh, reward the people who are making good stuff and uh, not not crap. That's my view yeah. on it. I, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I. You know, I I uh, I'm a Verizon customer. I've I've heard that Verizon like donates money to Planned Parenthood, um, and also you, know. you do get Verizon. Uh, I think you also get a free subscription to Disney Plus as a Verizon customer. Oh, so there you, you go. Can check that out. There you go. Some <laughs> get sucked into it. Supporting the there devil in all kinds of ways. Um, That's right. <laughs> um. I don't Audience, know. Thank you for uh, if I mean if they're listening this far, I think <laughs> they should uh, like email us. Yes, if you somewhere. are still listening to this, uh, we'll send you like a, a goodie bag or something. Yes, I will send. We're you. making we'll T-shirts send you a- that says "I survived episode manhug episode whatever." <laughs> yes. Um, I- yes, Aaron. I was going to say just an interesting observation and this kind of goes toward like what's the goal of entertainment is it uh trying to reflect culture or are they trying to influence culture I was uh I was listening to Al Mohler's The Briefing this morning which Man. is which is good stuff That guy I don't know um, how he does it every every I don't, uh, I, day it's, it's insane it's he has like people a, helping him It's like a fire hydrant. Um well he gave this example of this organization called GLAD G L A A D which basically they uh, they survey all of the shows, movies, everything to see the representation of LGBTQ plus people and make sure that they are uh, being fairly represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there is there a Christian equivalent of that? Like, is there a clad? <laughs> it should be. I want to be represented. Clad. Yeah. Right. Make sure Christians are being fairly portrayed. That man, that would be a. But it's a interesting job. how. They what they say is we are trying to reflect the culture. Like that's what they say. We want to make sure that movies are reflecting the culture. Um, and, that's and, a lie. And that they, I know, but they here, say listen, that listen, they some, say that, but they are the ones trying to affect the culture. Right. And here's here's case in point. Okay, so um, 
in their report for this past year, they say, quote, Glad is calling on the industry to make sure that within the next two years, 10% of series regular characters on primetime scripted broadcast series are LGBTQ. This is an important next step toward ensuring that our entertainment reflects the world in which it is created. Okay, so there's them claiming we just want to reflect culture. But here's the mission of Glad. All right. Quote, at the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, we are in the business of changing people's hearts and minds through media. Hmm. We know that what people watch on TV or read online shapes how they view and treat the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people around them. Uh, and then the the CEO, um, and this is a quote that Al Mohler included in, in the briefing, she said, the role of television in changing hearts and minds has never been more important. Indeed, our nation's cultural institutions are being called to t- to stand in the gap at this tumultuous time wow. in the history of our movement for full acceptance. Wow. So there you have it. I mean, they'll so say, the yeah, we just want to reflect it. culture. It's the, it's the largest yeah. church in North America right there. It is. Like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. the entertainment We're standing industry. in the gap. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's, it's wow. incredible. The power that the entertainment industry has and and they're going to push that um with everything they've got um until the culture reflects how they think culture should be um you know what my first reaction to that is um i think there's there's a small small part that goes oh my gosh like christians we have a lot of catching up to do we got to get we need to be influencing the culture to change hearts and minds too uh but then you take a you think about it for like one more minute mm-hmm. and you realize that a word a breath from the mouth of god just lays waste to it all kind of like what i was saying earlier just you know a word of truth from a humble servant um is so much more powerful than all the cultural forces you know working together to to change hearts and minds i mm. i have I have a a piece in that that, um, you know, they will only go they will go no farther they will go no further than what God allows and whatever He allows mm-hmm. He allows for a reason, you know. Right. Yeah. That's a good note. And that's to why. End on. I, yeah. <laughs> Back to Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and now is the moment where I would like to end this by quoting Star Wars Episode One in its entirety from start to finish. <laughs> Yeah, this hang will on be the for subscriber. another two and a half hours, guys. <laughs> this is the subscriber portion of the podcast. If you all want to yeah, stay on, on and listen to me do a dramatic reading, our, our voice work is incredible. Yeah, yep. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sand. Uh, so coarse. So coarse and gets rough everywhere. And gets everywhere. Not like here. <laughs> I hope they bring that line back in the Rise of Skywalker. That would be great. The Rise of Anakin's best line ever. 